you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Message for you, Commander. Just came in over a secure channel. Shepard, this is Admiral Kahoku. I found out who set that trap for my men. The ones killed by the Thresher War. Damn, I hope you get this message. It was a group called Serpers. An Alliance Black Ops organization. Top secret, highest level security clearance. They vanished a few months ago. Dropped right off the grid. Nobody knew where they went or what they were up to. They've gone completely rogue, Shepard. They're conducting illegal genetic experiments, trying to create some kind of super soldier. I don't have any proof, but I found the coordinates for one of their research worlds. I'm uploading them with this message. They're completely out of control. Somebody needs to stop them. Hello and welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zelenkevich and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Hello from Minnesota. And Corey Kurabara Treadway. Hello from Ohio. And this is episode number 14. And we will not be talking about Minnesota or Ohio. <laughs> we will be talking about but, but, but why not? Cerberus today. Why not? I guess Nick? we could. Because Ohio, oh, you, it's where the space do any, starts. Do you have any odd paramilitary groups out there that seem to be marching to their own agenda? Is that what you want to talk about? Um, probably somewhere I can actually probably find some. You know, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, yeah, probably both of us do. So I'm. I, I said hello from Minnesota because uh, if I sound a little different, I'm in my girlfriend's grandparents' basement. We're out here visiting them. Got to say, you got a cool setup there with the. Uh, we were talking about the bottles behind you earlier, and there's a what a cash register and stuff. So I know it's amazing. I th- I think about this, and I think about all the cool gadgets I'm going to amass, and how somebody in the year 2183 is going to find my basement full of like old iPhones <laughs> and like laptops, and be like, "Wow, look at all these cool antiques." You need to leave a data pad somewhere that explains what you're doing. Yes, ah, the important data pad. It's good because well, when you leave a data pad, you don't have to record dialogue. That is true. Unless the data pad has dialogue that you've recorded. Yeah. I'm always amazed by how many of these people in these areas can leave data pads, especially right before they're deaf. It's really convenient. About to die. Like, I really <laughs> appreciate that they, yeah, I appreciate that they took the time, you know, kind of like tap, 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 tap. Okay. Data pad. We got it. And now I can die. It's weird to think how many data pads I have around my house as it is. Although they won't really have much information. Like my Amazon Kindle. Like, it won't tell you what I was doing, but, like, you'll be like, oh, like, this guy was looking on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it'll tell you. It'll tell me what you were reading. He, he liked Sound of Metal on Amazon Prime. <laughs> so let's go ahead and, and, and get into it here, then. Uh, as I said, we're going to talk about Cerberus here. And, and the reason we're going to talk about them is that they're very much a background player in Mass Effect 1, I mean, we have a few missions here. We're going to talk about the side quests that that relate to them in a moment. But predominantly, you know, I don't, I don't think it's much of a spoiler to say that they play a bigger role in Mass Effect 2. Right. And 3. Oh, yeah. And 3, yes. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because I remember when I first picked up Mass Effect 2, and I mean, obviously Cerberus factors in immediately, at the, you know, at the start of that game. The the game kind of like hints at you like, hey, remember these guys? And I did not. I straight up had sort of forgotten about them. I mean, they're, they have a bevy of side quests in, in one, but they are all of those, you know, sort of data pads. And there's not like a ton of dialogue, right? Like it's all sort of like side questy stuff. And, and I had completely forgotten in like the intervening years between the two games. Mm-hmm. Like even like after playing Mass Effect 2, I was like, who are these people again? Go back, play one. Oh yeah, you guys. Right. They, they they do some like horrible things, like like um, very very just questionable stuff in here. I was like, I wonder. Like, I'm, I'm still curious, like how they were detect- selected as like the be the characters in two and three. Like, who's like, hey, this group in the game? Why don't we just use them more? I mean, I think. Well, I think- they're like they're sort of the biggest side group in one. I don't know, Nick. Uh, would you would you agree? Or since I cut you off there. Oh no, that's fine. No, I th- I think 
Well, the thing is, I remembered who they were when I started too, and so I was like, "These guys," <laughs> like, like I, that felt like a, it felt like a deliberate choice to to take because again, the, the the way the reputation I remember I remembered in particular some of the the Kahaku quest that we'll get to here in a, in a little bit. Um, I remembered some of what happened there, and I'm like, okay, like. Yeah, like the, these these guys are are shady to like the shadiest degree, and you know, and it just it just just seemed like an odd choice to to you know to, for what happens. I don't you know I don't want to get too much into Mass Effect Two here, but yeah, they're they're, they're they 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 come across they're very much an antagonist here. They're not, you know, it it almost be. It'd almost be akin to, you know, like finding out later on, like, oh, hey, you know, because we talked about bring down the sky last time. Mm-hmm. It'd almost be like, oh, hey, like, you know, Shepard's going to work with uh, the Batarians. And you'd be like, why, why is Shepard going to work with the Batarians? Those guys are a-holes. Like, right. <laughs> well, it was like, why, why they go with, like, you think this makes more sense or like something like Exogeny or something like they're taking over being the big in two or three? You could make also an argument. things. Yeah, you could, and you could make like a really interesting argument for Exogeny, and I'm not going to spoil how Mass Effect Two starts because it's amazing. And if if you're listening oh. and playing along at home, uh, I want you to experience that. But um, oh yes, Exogeny could easily have stepped in uh, narratively to play the same role as Cerberus. I feel like um, I think the nice thing for Cerberus is that they had they had the intro that they have in this game, and and yeah, I'll pretty much all the stuff they do with like Admiral Kahoku and there's a couple other, like, I believe there's a mission that they have uh, that involves Thresher Maws as well. Um, it's all extremely shady, really, really, you know, outside the bounds of the law. Whereas like an exogeny or some of the corporations are kind of like skirting the law, but definitely a little bit more gray area. Well, mm-hmm. the, the thing about the corporations is that ultimately their goal is just profit. They're not so concerned about what they're doing. They just want to make money. Cerberus actually has an agenda. They're actually doing this for a specific reason. In a way, that makes them more dangerous and worse because you can find a way. If so, if you know somebody's only concerned about money, you can find a way to get more money another way. You can work around that. But when you're dealing with a group like Cerberus that has a mission statement and a purpose and an, basically an ideology. That's right. It, it, it becomes a bit rougher, and and I think there's a lot, like the gray areas for for Exogeny are very well defined. Whereas I think some for some somebody like Cerberus, the gray areas get a lot grayer and a lot murkier. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. It makes it actually easier for certain things to happen in the next few games, like from the pivot from two and the pivot to three, like because they're based on ideals less than on profits. Let's. Let's get into it here. Let's let's talk about some of the uh, side quests here that they have. Uh, so the first one I want to talk about is Investigate Samples, UNC Colony of the Dead. And for this one, you head to Chaska, which is in the Matano system in the Maroon Sea Cluster. It's a green, rocky planet. I said it's like the Scottish Highlands. Uh, you roll up on the colony, and it looks like they're all turned into husks. So you find two more civilian stru- structures. They're all full of husks. More husks. Hooray. And then you get to the science facility and you find a terminal at the end of the facility and you find out uh, it's a colonial pioneer team rarely consists of more than a few dozen specialists. It's clear that none of them has survived. The Cerberus group has a lot to answer for here. Yeah. Was this was this the planet that just had all of the super steep uh, climbs? Because it kind of sounds like it was. And now I'm I'm not sure because it's been a little bit, but um, y'all know what I'm talking about. It is one of them that has a super steep climb. It's very grassy, very green on this planet. Yeah, and super annoying to to drive the Mako around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, okay. So this is the first crime that Cerberus commits in my eyes, is making me come to this god-awful planet to, to you know, <laughs> schlep myself around. And, and, I mean, thank goodness they added the uh, the boost on the Mako and Legendary, but it's still it still kind of sucks. Oh yeah, because there's no like 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 some other conflicts I have the game. Like there's no path up to these like plateaus where they're at. They're just like big valleys and just straight up cliffs. I'm like, how? Why? Why do we design this? Why is this like this? Like, it's uh. just rude. I and there's probably uh, and I'm sure the person that you know did the the terrain of the planet is like, oh no no you if you drive you know this way around, there's a very elegant you know well laid out 
sort of structure of valleys where if you drive through these these valleys and rifts, then you can get to where you're going and it's all scenic. And and I'm sure that you did a very nice job, but um, nobody does that. And we all just tried to climb up the stupid walls and it sucked. It feels it, it's it feels like one of those things that like game designers are like, oh no, like I put this awesome feature in and you can check it out and you get all, and like everybody just bypasses it because they just bum rush. You know, there's the checkpoint. Here I am, straight line. Uh, you know, and and I'm gonna bulldoze my way through as best I can over those hills and stuff. Yeah, that's it right. Almost, I kind of wonder like how much was like driving the Mako intended to be like a puzzle game. Like, I mean, obviously there are some objectives that they put like up on like a plateau somewhere and it's like, yeah, you have to figure out the best way to get up there, you know, because some of them I think have like one specific way you can get up there just because of the terrain. But other things, it's like, yeah, you could go like they like they very clearly have like a nice little valley that you can go through and you just got to go around a little bit. And no, it's you know, it's probably just as quick either way Mm -hmm. because of all the bouncing around and jumping that you do to get there. But yeah, no, you're just going to take the direct route and you're just going to use the boost and you're use the jump and you're going to get over that peak and then you're going to go rolling down the mountain and then land on your wheels and hopefully you'll be right where you need to be. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's how you're always going to play it. And, you know, it is what it is. I, I I do think you're right. Like, I think that there is more design and I've noticed some of it here and there, you know, while while playing through the game. There, there definitely is some design of uh, here's a ridge that you can drive along to get from A to B that'll save you from climbing up and down all those walls. But you know, I don't know if like technologically it was hard for them to mark that out and make it look organic or what, but but it, it doesn't come off, at least not for me. Yeah, that's that's where one thing I think looks better in like Andromeda and in Ma- the Mass yes. Effects is well more well defined areas of where you can go up and travel. <laughs> Let's Andromeda, just like, uh... yeah, for all <laughs> the things that Andromeda got, you know, not right. Let's say. Um, the driving in that game is very satisfying, uh, and it does do a really nice job of making it clear sort of, here's some paths for you to follow. You know, you don't have to. You can always go off the beaten path, uh, but also making it look organic. So it doesn't look kind of like, here's the exact track to follow, but rather other vehicles that have traversed this terrain ahead of you have traveled these paths, and so you can follow them uh, and save yourself some time. Yeah, but before we start like talking more about like stuff, we probably should talk more about Cerberus on this too. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Think of, yeah. I think so like this. This, uh, this. Go ahead. This mission. This is one of those missions that kind of um, was was tough, and this is really uh, a perfect example of of why I sort of forgot about Cerberus. Is you you go to this planet, you you check out some civilian structures, you don't get a lot of backstory about what Cerberus did. It's it's almost like just sort of a, a nod right at the end there when you get that note that, that you read, Nick, that says, yeah, Cerberus has a lot to answer for here. What they were doing, I don't know. Like, where these people came from, not really clear. It's just some group called Cerberus did a bad thing, and here's a data pad that tells you. I just found it really forgettable. Yeah, because even, even then, I'm like, I'm like, wow, that's like, yeah, I remember doing this, but it's like, I don't know why they were, they just like, there's what I'm trying to say. There's like, nothing that trying stands to do with out the, about the samples. it. Right. There's just yeah, nothing like that stands they, out about it. Like you go in, you you shoot some husks, and then you're done. I guess. I see that. That's what makes me wonder. Like, did they know when they were doing one? Like, I think clearly they were laying the grounds for 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 Cerberus to play a role into. But did they know what exactly they were going to have Cerberus do? Because yeah, in a way, it's almost like they're just kind of background noise. Like they're there. They're you know they're there. Like if you pay attention, you know you'll you'll notice them. But right. if you're going through and you're focused on Saren, it's like okay, there's this this military group out here doing some weird stuff, and they're not really on Shepard's radar any more than any other pirates or you know uh, you know the the dozens of other yeah. you know random settlements but, that Shepard has to go into to 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 check out what's going on. But I guess it right. should have been more obvious that things are going happening with them because they're experimenting on different things that are more related to Saren and the, the Reaper stuff than, than was before. But it just at, at the time, it's kind of like, oh, these weird military guys are experimenting with stuff. There's no connection well, yeah, here. That, well, and that's the, I guess that's the one odd thing is like, usually you're right. When you see the husks, there's usually some sort of, you know, Reaper, Geth related connection to them. Or you see, or the, you know, if it's the, the, the Creepers, there's the Thorian thing going on with them. 
but here you just get husks and there's no, like, how did, how did Cerberus make the husks? How did they, you know, figure out what's going, you know, how to make the, you know, did, did they take these husks from some, well, presumably not. Cause it seems that these are the, col- the, col- the, col- the colonists. I don't know why I can't say that word. The colonists turned into husks, presumably. So was, was that the point of the colony? Like, Hey, everybody, we're going to put these big metal spikes down. Oops. Don't trip and fall onto them because <laughs> you know, <you're- laughs> right. Yeah. And this is where I think, you know, and we, we've talked about this in previous episodes. There's a lot in this game that tells me they kind of had to push it out the door and it wasn't where maybe, you know, they envisioned it being when, when they finished it and not that it's not, you know, a good game, but there's clearly so much groundwork that has been laid where, where they kind of had to come in and say, okay, we're going to give you a data pad or a, a couple dialogue boxes to wrap this up where, you know, maybe if they'd had six months more, they could have come back to all these side missions and really yeah. filled in the details in them nicely. Yeah, that's, this is where one of those things I'd like to see a lot more of the design documents and like the when they're making yeah. the game because like a like recently we found out like they're working on a new Dead Space game and they're making that they're using the old original de- dev documents and their thing and that's like excites me like I want to see that see what they're envisioning and playing with that. I'm so excited. I mean, this isn't related, but I'm very excited for the Dead Space remake. It's a phenomenal game. Also, an EA game, surprisingly. <laughs> right. This was during, remember, this was like during the Mirror's Edge, you know, uh, Dead Space, and then they picked up Bioware and Bioware was killing it. They had that run in like the late aughts, early tens where EA was was putting out a bunch of bangers. Well, let's move on to the next mission here. And before I do that again, I just want to refresh her who had or what uh, what backgrounds did everybody pick for Shepard as far as was it the uh, Survivor or the uh what was what was the other? I only remember the survivor because that's the one I took. But what, there was the Skillian Blitz one where you uh, you made it out of the Skillian Blitz. Yeah, I um, oh, I'm I Skillian. That's the hero one. Yeah, that's the hero. I'm I'm hero Earthborn. Um, there's also Soul Survivor, and that's the Thresher Maw attack. Uh, and that's I'm guessing this is why you're asking. Uh, and then I think there's a uh, I forget what the third one is. Um, something about being ruthless, I believe. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah, I did. I did the the hero, and then like the spaceborn. Okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Earth. So I was the only one that did the the soul survivor then, because that that is why I'm asking because this, that ties directly into this mission here. Yes. Uh, it's a UNC dead scientists, and it starts again with you getting the standard message from Hackett to go check something out. It turns out there were four doctors who have been killed, and they all worked on a coos, which is the planet that you keep hearing everybody be like, "Oh, Shepard, you're the guy from a coos. Awesome." And that's where Shepard, there was, was like 50 or 100 men, I forget the exact number, but uh, Shepard was the only person that came out of that after a Thresher Maw attack. And so it turns out there were four doctors killed. There's one last doctor from Akuz left. They're in the Newton system. And Shepard's job is to go find the doctor and protect him from these mysterious murderers that are killing all these doctors. Myster- mysterious uh, assassins of some sort. Exactly. So it's you go to Ontarum in in uh, the Newton system in the Kepler Verge. It's a grassy, rocky, rocky planet with lightning in the distance. There's these weird giant mushroom things and also giant bugs. Oh yeah. And so you get to the base and it's surrounded by mercenaries. Uh, you enter the base, you find some dead mer- mercenaries and also some alive mercenaries which you have to fight. And then you get to encounter a Corporal Toombs who is holding a doctor hostage. And I can't read that name, Corporal Toombs, without thinking of the cat from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Also, and the then, last name's very way too on the nose for what's going on. Corporal Toombs. A Tombs. little bit. Everybody yeah. in his platoon being dead. <laughs> is he Is he two O's? I think he's T-O-O-M-B-S yes. or something. Yeah. yeah. But it's, yeah. Well, that's why it's the cat. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> So it turns out that Tombs was one of the men that Shepard saw killed by the Maws on a coos. Or thought he saw. But it tur- thought he saw, exactly. Because as you can see, if Tombs is standing there, he is alive and, and he didn't die. Uh, he, he talks about how he was taken to a lab and studied and the doctor there works for Cerberus and they were studying the Thresher Maws. And so Shepard is given the decision he had to talk to him. Talk, Shepard is given the decision to talk Tombs down or let him kill the doctor. And so at this point, I'm like, look, as the sole survivor, I 
saw the Thresher Maws. I saw what these Thresher Maws did. And at this point, I'm like, you know what? You want to pop that guy in the head? You do it. Oh, nice. I like that. And so, yeah. Yeah. So I, I let Shepard kill the doctor. And then Toombs is all, you know, racked with, with, with guilt and PTSD. And then he, he takes his own life. And that's the end of the mission. And then you get the little what? text. He, he takes his own life of that one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you pick Nick. You pick the um, because there's a, a charm and intimidate, and I think in both of those cases you prevent tombs from from killing the guy. Uh, and I assume you didn't have either of those, right? Yes. Yeah. So would- yeah, I've I've seen this play out. I intimidated him, like I I yelled him down from shooting the dude, and I kind of regret it because I I feel like my current playthrough Shepard probably been like, yeah, man, cap this dude. It's fine. I must have missed this that part because I just I just left. I didn't realize he actually took his life. I just like talked him down and just kind of left. Well, Whoops, if you if you talk him down, then he doesn't. So you talk him down, and then the alliance comes and picks him up. And uh, I believe this is another of many cases where you subsequently in in Mass Effect two you you hear from some of the people you talk to in one, and you get a letter from him that's okay, you know, basically saying like, yeah, I'm I'm in, so I, I'm like in therapy. I'm Still having a tough time, but thanks for helping me out, right? Okay, I thought I missed something. Like, I was pretty sure he survived in my playthrough. He does if you use the charm or intimidate, but if you don't, like Nick didn't because he can't. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, then yeah, he, he he shoots a scientist, and then he like immediately right kills himself. Pretty much, yeah. He's just yeah, he's because he's just freaking out at that point, and Shepard is just all Shepard can really do is just do you want me to shoot you before you shoot yourself? Right. Like I don't. I don't have any other options at this point. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, you get the little message at the end. It says, Tomb's, cor- Tomb's corpse slumps to the floor. His face, pinched with rage a few moments ago, appears peaceful. He's resolved the situation in his own way. You salute the corporal's body. He deserves that at least. And turn to leave. Man, that's like, that's really poignant. Um, especially for your your background. I mean, that's, it, it's it's almost a shame that the quote unquote like good choices prevent you from seeing that because you know that's a that's a good scene. Yeah, well I don't yeah. think the other the other choice is bad either because like if you do the way when talked him down and talked to Kong about things like he's like we're gonna get him therapy. We're getting him taken care of like we should have already been doing this because he's a veteran. He should be taken care of. Right. Right. And that's good like the Paragon option, I'm pretty sure, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure the Renegade option let me kill the scientist. Now, I need to look this up to be sure, but, um, which is is probably why I picked that. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll kill this guy for you. You keep your hands clean. The one thing I think, though, with respect to Tombs, as you're looking that up, is that I think Shepard, especially, like, I picked one of my core identity traits to be Soul Survivor. And so this Tombs guy <laughs> shows up. I am no longer the sole survivor. I've been going around the Citadel and all around the universe. It was like, hey, you're that one guy from Makuz. There are no other people from Makuz. You, one guy, you're awesome because of that. And so now I find out I'm not, that there's another guy walking around. I feel like Shepard, like, as a renegade option or something, should have had the option to be like, no, Tombs, <laughs> you, by existing, are impugning my identity, and I need to take you out. Right. That, um, <laughs> that's cold, dog. That's cold. <laughs> Takes out tubes. Now I'm back to being the My sole God, survivor. Yeah. Wow. You thought you thought the Thresher Mall was dangerous. The Thresher Mall wasn't a specter. Good lord. Oh <laughs> uh, jeez, Nick. <laughs> yeah, okay. So yeah, I did I did shoot the scientist. That's that was actually very satisfying. Um, incidentally, I just happened to notice this as I was looking at the wiki. If you're not a sole survivor, you can't shoot tombs. You can only watch him huh. shoot himself. So if you pick like a neutral, I guess I'll call it a neutral option here. Um, you can't shoot him unless you're a soul survivor. And then you can, I guess, put him down. I don't, it's kind of a gross way to put it, but you know. Because, yeah, because you need to be the soul survivor. But I guess the, the other thing too, though, is like, I guess you don't have, like, you guys didn't have any recognition for you. It's like Tombs is just some guy that's there. Right. Yeah. He mm-hmm. was just and some so- guy. This uh, this is fundamentally no different than any other mission. I guess it's kind of the same thing with like the Skillian Blitz mission, though. For you guys, when the what was the name? Uh, I want to say like Elinus. I can't remember his last name, but when the yeah. the Turian 
shows up and he's like, I was the guy behind the Skillion Blitz or whatever. Like, like right. it means a little bit more because you, you guys fought in that. You understood right. that. Whereas yeah. for me, it's just like, oh, you're just random. You know, you're just random Turian number 835 that's, you know, sh- shook your fist at me and I'm going to pick you off at distance. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. That actually does make missions feel a bit different. It's well played. There is apparently, if you do this mission after uh, one of the other missions, Hades Dogs, you get a different comment from Tomb saying he managed to escape because someone took down Cerberus already. Huh. Oh. Yeah, so there are different dialogues depending on when you, how you do these missions. Okay. Let's, let's get into Hades Dogs then because mm-hmm. this, is the, this is the one that I remember. These other missions here. The fact, too, that Cerberus is even sort of in a way at least for the sole survivor option, it's interesting that Cerberus is kind of indirectly responsible for creating Shepard because like then Shepard goes on to, you know, it's almost like a, a, like a loop of some kind. How then, you know, Shepard goes on to play a role with them later that, you know, it, it, it almost, I guess it almost adds like a, a touch of, I don't know, it's irony or poetic justice or, or like fate mm-hmm. to, to, you know, Shepard's path. And it's like, oh, like, you know, Cerberus is doing these experiments again with Thresher Maws. And what's, it's never clear what they're trying to study with the Thresher Maws, just like with the husks. Although these are all very hostile technologies, not just that can be like, I guess, weaponized, but also things that humanity and, and the other races, but predominantly humanity need to learn how to survive. Yeah. I think, I think that's basically what it is. Cause as like Cerberus, it's a human organization a very strongly human-focused organization where they want humans first, humans only. And like, yeah, that's what that's what I was looking for. I couldn't think of it, but they want to make sure that humanity can stand on its own, do its own things. And the best way to do it is, hey, these Thresher Balls, very dangerous to the galaxy, very deadly. Probably should reach other things. Can we control it? If not, how do we kill it? Right, right. Yeah, um... They want to advance humanity's interests throughout the galaxy is the polite way uh, that our friend Nambusuli might put it. So let's get into Hades dogs here. The like buggiest quest line in Mass Effect 1. Yeah. Which I, <laughs> I, I guess we sh- I guess it's going to start with Hades dogs considering Hades dogs is what Cerberus is. So, you know. Oh well. No, that's you know, I didn't even put that together. Oh my goodness, you're right. <laughs> How did I miss that? That's so that's like right there. That is literally right there. How did I miss that? <laughs> I'm y- y'all they're laughing because I'm literally having a meltdown on camera. I just Are you are you fucking kidding me? This it's the year of our Lord 2021 and I just got this thank you. For like Okay. You're joking, right? No, no, I'm not, dude. Oh, I, I, oh I, no! I'm having like a moment. I, I yeah. feel, I feel dumb as hell. Like I, uh, that that is literally like right there. It's like, oh yeah, Hades, Hades dogs, dogs, right? Because Cerberus is the. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that, well, welcome guys to 2021. Oh uh, yeah, I, I, like, <laughs> and I love Greek mythology. I used to gobble that up, like you know, when I was a kid. I would, and I mean, we all love you know Disney's Hercules and also the actual Greek mythology and all that. I, I'm so mad. I'm like, I'm just so mad at myself. Son of a. Cut. Anyway, moving oh along. <laughs> All right, let's hear about the Hades Dogs mission. On Aedilus in the Sparta system in Artemis Tau, Shepard follows a distress beacon into a Thresher Maw attack. After defeating the beast, Shepard and crew discover a team of Marines were also lured by the beacon and did not survive. Shepard reports to Admiral Kahoku on the Citadel that his men were baited into a trap. The Admiral is angry and mentions that he will start reaching out to families. Later, Shepard receives a transmission from Kahoku. He has discovered that the rogue alliance group named Cerberus was responsible for the trap. They are out of control trying to engineer super soldiers. He has located their base, and after sending the coordinates to Shepard, Kahoku says he is going dark to evade them. Shepard heads to Binthu in the Yangtze system in the Voyager cluster. There are three Cerberus bases that Shepard must assault. One contains a mature Rachni, another base has several husks, and a third base contains larval rachni. Shepard and team fight their way through the Cerberus soldiers as well as the research projects. Once the threats in the third base are defeated, Shepard finds the body of Admiral Kahoku, who is abducted and executed by Cerberus. 
In addition to the Admiral, Shepard also finds the coordinates of the main Cerberus facility to finally end their threat. Shepard heads to Neferon in the Columbia system, also in the Voyager cluster. After fighting through more Cerberus soldiers, Shepard finds a terminal with Cerberus information and downloads the data before it can be wiped. Upon returning to the Normandy, a representative of the Shadow Broker contacts Shepard and offers to buy the information from the Commander. Shepard must decide whether to sell to the Shadow Broker or retain the data for the Alliance. The representative promises that they will remember this the next time Shepard needs something. Okay, so that's that's the Hades dog storyline and the sad tale of Admiral Kahaku. Kahoku. Or how do I I'm saying it wrong. It's Kahoku. How do I say it? Kahoku. Kahoku. I have it written as Kahaku. How do I have to <laughs> probably because I'm thinking about Kotaku. And so I'm just getting it confused. <laughs> Welcome to K- K- Kohaku, your number one video game source or something like that. <laughs> sure. Again here, y- you have the Thresher Maws involved. And, you know, so, you know then, then, so that's sad in of itself. But again, Cerberus is still being involved with the Thresher Maws. So, you know, s- similar MO, not quite to the scale of, uh, not quite to the scale of a Kuz, but still similar MO. And then the sad thing is like that, Kahaku like kind of like you know goes on like a vengeance spree as a result of this to to find out what you know well I don't know if he goes on a vengeance spree but well no he do, he does he basically says like I'm going to take those guys out yeah well he you know because he's when you run into him and and he's trying to find out what happened to his missing men and he can't get any details and then you you sort of bring him into the loop he's he wants uh he wants vengeance. Or his missing. This is this is really interesting because the game really doesn't say one way or another whether he's being kind of like uh, uh, stymied or or you know uh, just sort of pushed aside by somebody else in the military who's looking out for Cerberus. It does kind of have that vibe, though. I feel like yeah, it feels more like some somebody's like hiding and trying to keep it from because it's like very serious stuff's happening. His men disappear. It's like. When a, when a platoon like something that goes just disappears, you don't just kind of like put it under the rug. You that that gets an investigation usually. Which and he's a rear admiral, like he is extremely high ranking, uh, and and so it's it's crazy that you know, and and I feel like this is they never it's very understated. I would say in the way they do it, but if you know Cerberus is able to to keep information withheld from somebody that high ranking in the military it shows the level of influence they have mm-hmm. and like right. it, and that this mission in particular is very specific because like this research we're going after like the first one we like was like the husks so later on we do some of this one's about just genetic research to make a super soldiers well that's again that's what's interesting about this is you're right because the husks come back the the Rachni get involved here. Mm-hmm. So Cerberus has been like dipping their their fingers in a whole bunch of different stuff. And the fact too, again, like you pointed out, like, okay, they clearly have some kind of pull within the alliance. Clearly they've somehow got Arachne from Exogeny. Like I can't imagine unless you know, unless they went back maybe after you, you know, did what you did in the hot no, but when you go th- well no, because actually you do run through the hot labs, but then you blow it up. So there shouldn't be any Rachni left there, so they clearly got something, you know, some sort of advanced prototype from Exogeny that you know they have some oh, pull there. Even then, you you could hit this mission before you do that. So it's true, yeah. You can yeah. find you can find because like I think the first time I saw the Rachni was over here. I was like, "What are these things?" They get over like, "Oh, you're that's what it is." Okay. Yeah, and, and the game is careful not to sort of call them Rachni. Uh, I think in this side mission, but. Uh, yeah, you can definitely, this is, so I, I alluded this earlier, I mean, this this sequence of, because it's, it's one mission, but you hop from, you know, you hop across several planets, and it's buggy in a variety of ways where if you, you can go, for example, and I think they cleaned up a bit of this in Legendary, but in the original, you could, well after finding Kahoku's body, uh, in the final Cerberus space, you can go to Captain Anderson hanging out in Udina's office and say, hey, man, um, what do you think about all this? And he'll be like, oh, well, you can go find Admiral Kahoku up on the, uh, you know, in the Presidium up in the Citadel Tower. And it's like, no, no, he's he's very much dead. Well, is, is that a bug or is that just like 
Anderson just being out of touch. Like, no, I just saw him over there the other day. Isn't that the other? Like, no, he's not there. No, dude. No. It comes that's, across that's a good- as a bug, I feel like. Like, it, it, in, in gameplay to me, it seems like a bug. Because your whole conversation with him, like, you, Shepard, also act like uh, Kahoku's alive in the dialogue. And, you know, I mean, he's very much not. Maybe they're just in denial. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, but the the one, I mean, that's the one thing I remember about this quest, because I remembered this is the quest when, you know, Cerberus comes up in, Ma- in Mass Effect 2. This is the one I remember, like, wait, I remember those guys. And I, re- I specifically remember that part when you walk into the first, the first, like, room that they have where they've got those little, like, fields up. And you just see either the husks or the rachni just in there. And you're just like, what are they doing? Like, how did they... You know, like not even not even how did they get that, but what what are, what is this group doing that they're clearly they're clearly up to no good? And I mean, if you didn't think the other two quests were no good, uh, I mean, this you get a much more direct you know feeling from that. But yeah, but like you know, like you were saying though, with respect to tombs being like, oh yeah, you know, like they took you you took Cerberus down, like that's the impression you get at the end of this quest is like, yeah, you've kind of you know dealt Cerberus a severe right. blow by kind of beating them down and it's like oh no 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 they're they're much bigger than this and it makes sense that you're you know given the pull that they had you know to to, you know kind of you know downplay the entire disappearance of a platoon and whatnot it makes sense that they would be bigger than just this one base but it felt it felt a bit final in that regard like okay like i've you know dealt with these guys elsewhere and like now they're not going to be a problem anymore yeah and you just just took out a small cell of them that was just it yeah yeah, and they they play it off really nicely uh, in in the subsequent games in terms of exactly what you said, Cora. Like, oh well, you know, you you stop this one cell um, from doing whatever, but it does it does in one feel very much final. Like, okay, you you took out this weird group, you know, this this human group. I don't even think in the first game they really talk about being human centric particularly, but you definitely get the vibe. Like, okay, like they're pretty much on the ropes at this point they they don't talk about anything in the first game at least not you know not not that unless it's in the codex which i haven't i haven't checked on them mm. but you really you don't know what their agenda is you just know that they are clearly into research at any expense and they will get things that they should not have access to and it, clearly they don't want any, any attention drawn to them because of the way that they take out kohoku right I can say I wonder though, because you talk about like the different cells, like aspect of, of Cerberus, and I wonder if they weren't intended to be sort of like a, a Hydra esque group, you know, where it's like they have these different, you know, like you cut off one head, like two more come back, something along those lines. But I guess they didn't maybe want to do the Hydra, and it's like, well, what kind of is a multi headed, uh, like what's a multi headed Greek, you know, mythological creature? Oh, let's go with the Cerberus because it's got the three heads, and so, you know, you could look at each of the heads kind of as a different independent you know, entity in a way. And maybe, maybe we didn't take down all of Cerberus, but we took down one of the, you know, taking on this cell as one of the heads. And then, you know, we'll, we'll deal with the other heads in the future at some point. Yeah. One thing I was going to ask you though, guys, what at the end of this mission, what'd you guys do with the, uh, shadow broker agent? You know, I don't Does remember. Do I, yeah, I'm sitting here kind of like, mm, I don't think I recall. Cause you have the, I dec- you declined. I declined him. Because at, at this point, I don't trust the shadow broker. I don't know who the shadow, obviously, I don't know who the shadow broker is. Nobody does. And I'm just like, you, you know, again, I just dealt with this shady organization and now you're going to come in and be just as shady as them. No, no, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm shutting you all down. Yeah, no, just, I declined. I, I also declined yeah. for the same reason. I was, I, and I was just kind of like, I don't know you, you haven't done any, like the only thing I know of the shadow broker in Mass Effect 1 is that you tried to kill my uh, BFF Quarry and Tally unacceptable mm-hmm. yeah like like he's still a small character in the, in this game so it's like i also was like i don't trust you i'm paragon's like i'm not gonna give up this information to you you're not paying me enough i'm already rich anyway so what <laughs> yeah, are you gonna I'm, do to me <laughs> i'm at max credits at this point like there's nothing that you can offer me um i should i'm not sure i've ever uh given the info to the shadow broker i feel like i should really just to see what it does yeah that's what was what consequences does for the the next few games yeah. you know it, it's interesting that the shadow broker ties into this because they also become a very key character going forward 
I mean, they, they have a role that kind of pops up in, in, in future games too. And, and mm-hmm. they're very ephemeral at this point. It's all, I mean, I guess that's, that, that's one of the things I think that makes this game so good from a world building standpoint is that you have your mission and you, you, you have the focus on that. And then you have these side quests and these side quests, like we're talking about, do a very good job of expanding the world out. You know, you've got this handful of side quests here about Cerberus. You know, you've got the Shadow Broker, which we've talked about before. Uh, you encounter, you deal with them a little bit on uh, on the Citadel um, and whatnot. And so there's, you know, th- there's a lot of this stuff that's brought in, you know, that they introduce and bring it into play. And it's very low key here. It's not, you know, nothing critical. It's nothing that affects your 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 role with Saren, uh, but. Yeah, it com- this all comes back. This all gets expanded upon later. Yeah, and this is, you know, as much as uh, I-, I talk about forgetting about Cerberus between my first playthroughs of-, of 1 and 2, this is a place where Bioware always has done a good job through sequels. Well, I'm you know, in these games and then in Dragon Ages is bringing in a sort of side quest concept. Uh, they'll bring in lots of them, and then they'll just cherry pick the ones that are going to work well for them narratively in the future, and it feels really organic. Yes, yeah, it doesn't feel like it's like just hand fisted, and they're just like, "Wow, that doesn't didn't work out." Well, the one question I have for you, Chip, because you you talk about forgetting about Cerberus between one and two. How long do you remember? How long it was between when you played one and two? Yeah, it was um it had to be 4 years because I actually for whatever reason I didn't and I don't know what was going on in my life. I feel like I just oh, I remember what was going on in my life. I was working on the quote unquote uh secret launch of bing.com and so like my work life was crazy busy and I lost a lot of video game time. So I played Mass Effect 1 right when it came out. Barreled through the game, loved it. I slept on Mass Effect 2 until at least a year after it had come out. And then I, you know, tore through it and and really enjoyed it, obviously. Um, so it had to be, what, four years, I think, was the time between that? Because it was Sounds three right. between the, the you know, one and two. Uh, and then I had another year on top. So it was it was kind of a while. Because okay, I, think, I think mine was much closer, so I had a little bit of that. You know, it wasn't as hard for me to remember back and like, yeah. And like I said, like that, this quest in particular, though, I just remember the, especially the Rachni, you get in that one room and the Rachni is in that little energy field. And I'm just like, what is it? Why is that there? Right, right. How did it get there? Exactly. Yeah, I, you know, and, and again, like going back, replaying the games several times, I, I don't know how I didn't have the connection. I, I just. Somehow I didn't. Well, well, we both missed the Hades dog thing. <laughs> I can't. We can't. <laughs> That's yeah. Damn it! I'm so I'm yeah. still mad about that. <laughs> uh, I I I mean that I guess that's the thing is I just I just wonder at what point like I I think I feel like at this point they were like they put Cerberus in and they're like okay we, we this is a group we can play with. I feel like they didn't come up with the idea for how to use Cerberus in Mass Effect 2 until they sat down and be like, okay, let's break Mass Effect. Like, okay, we know we're making Mass Effect 2 because Mass Effect 1 was such a success. What can we do? Because the, you know, and we'll, you know, we'll get into this when we get into Mass Effect 2, which we're, which is coming soon. And I mean, we're getting close to the end of the game here. Yeah, we are. Uh, and we'll, well, you'll see a lot of things in Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3 where they're able to take these little bits of breadcrumbs, it's just little, like little starter ideas and actually greatly expand them and how they actually affect it and even how they things were going back then that you may not you didn't notice because it happened in the background or somewhere you couldn't see well well, see that's it i mean that's interesting because on the one hand they clearly have no problem in this game showing you cut scenes that you can't see so like if they need store if they need to give you story that Shepard does it, it wouldn't be aware of like you know going back to the very first eden prime mission you know when uh when saren shoots uh, I can't think of the other specter's name. Nihilus. Nihilus. Nihilus, thank you. You know, like Shepard's not there for that. But yeah, so I mean, they could give you that, you know, outside story if they wanted to. But I guess the thing is at this point, Cerberus really doesn't matter. Cerberus is not important to the main plot, but they just want to let you know, like, there's this group out here that is is, is just doing, you know, they're doing bad stuff. I mean, there's no other way to put it. They're They're clearly... Clearly not to be trusted. Yeah, and, and I'm still not sure they actually intended them to be as big as they were in the future ones because I still think that they clearly are just like, hey, let's 
while they're doing this stuff, let's have some side missions. Like, what, what's some cool side missions? Well, how about have a pillar right. organization try to do evil stuff? That's not very unusual for these types of games to have just someone who thinks that they could take a weapon that they have no idea how to control it and use it. Right. Well, that, that's the kind of thing that happens on like TV shows, even where like in season one, somebody makes like a, a throwaway line that they just, you know, put in there because they needed dialogue for this character. And then in season five, like, oh, we're going to expand that whole character's backstory. And that one, one little line that they made in season one is going to be like half the episode because we're just, you know, going all in on the lore and whatnot. And it's, it's the same thing here that you, you get a little bit of this here and it, it, it comes back bigger later. Yeah, that's a perfect yeah. analogy. I mean, think about all the weird little throwaway bits in like, I don't know, Lost Season 1 or Battlestar Galactica or, boy, you can really tell when I came up watching TV with those references, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, or uh, Pretty Little Liars, for example. I mean, there, there's so many of them where it's like, here's a little kernel of an idea that maybe nine times out of ten, it's nothing. It is a throwaway line, but you pick the right one and you nurture it and you grow it and it ends up being a great story. And that's and that's the other thing too is you only notice the throwaway lines that they they take and expand upon, like you don't notice the other stuff. They very easily could have you know done more with. Uh, and they'll probably be like, oh no, actually they do. He comes back in Mass Effect Three, but again, like that uh the 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 guy behind the Skillian Verge and his group. Okay, so we kill him. You know, he one he could always come back from the dead somehow. You know, there's there's ways around that. But two, they could have done more with that group, that pirate group. Have them come back and be like, hey, mm-hmm. you killed you know Illinus and and whatever, and and we're gonna you know. We're pissed at you and whatnot. I mean, they can, they, they're free to pick and choose. And I think, and I think maybe it's because they put a lot of effort into this Cerberus quest that they were like, okay, like there's, there's something here. This, this you know, this caught people. We really like that Cerberus Hades dogs reference. So we're going to go with that. Right. We're going to keep using them. Right. Yeah. And they did. I mean, this side quest line, definitely there's no other, I think maybe Exogeny is the other group that sort of gets this treatment of being a side group that you interact with a lot. The the difference, though, is Exogeny is threaded into the main story, and then you've got a couple of additional side quests with them. Cerberus, if you don't do the side quests, I think you would literally never hear of them in Mass Effect 1. Like, you could, yeah, I think, barrel through the whole game, and you won't, uh, you would never see them. You'll only hear of them when you get the message from Hackett, like, hey, I've got a side quest for you. Right. And then that's it. And then you just, yeah, you just move on with your life. And I, I wonder if you wouldn't be better off later because of that. Yeah, I don't know. The effect of the, the Fate later games, I haven't tried without doing all the side missions. They yeah, just want I, to say, you did this stuff? Or they're like, yep, nothing happened. Everything went well for us because you did destroy us previously. I mean, there's, yeah, and there's definitely dialogue in Mass Effect 2 where you, you know, are, are conversing with, with Cerberus people and you can reference your experiences with them. And, and I, I'm sure, I mean, Bioware is, is really good at this. So I'm sure they did have a little flag in your save file so that if you never talked to Cerberus, uh, it would know and it would never come up. And, you know, you wouldn't get the choice to, I think it's, you know, it's a dialogue choice where you can say like, hey, I remember you, y'all kind of suck. Or... I don't remember you. And probably if, if you never interacted with them, then you just don't get to say, Hey, I remember you. Well, I think this ties into our discussion about the comic last time about how, you know, that you're, you're only given certain choices there. And I, I don't think any of the choices in the comic have like, did you go do this one side? mission? No. So mm-hmm. in that regard, if you go into mass effect two without having, you know, just going through the comic, you, I think you'll get that. Oh, I don't know who you guys are. It's a fresh, it's a fresh start for you guys because there's no prior relationship. Right. All right. So do we have any final thoughts on Cerberus as far as where we stand with them at the end of Mass Effect 1? Mm, so how I stand with them? I destroyed them, so I guess uh, they're under my boots. <laughs> yeah. Not really. You know, honestly, they, they seem like a minor threat. I don't, I don't know. I think it'll be fine. We'll never see them again. No. <laughs> it's a side quest, right? Exactly. They won't be major characters in future games all right well let's go ahead let's go ahead and wrap this up then here so th- i want to thank Jarrett for producing and editing and i want to thank everybody at home for downloading and listening we are at squad goals n7 on twitter also at the mash network find us on facebook at facebook.com slash mash those buttons also on youtube at youtube.com slash mash those buttons chip where can people find you you can find me at wd that's the word double y-e-w-d-e-e on uh twitter and twitch and you can find me right here on the mash network on wondrous tales where every two weeks we talk about the uh 
we talk about Final Fantasy 14. I'm not going to do it. Uh, Kura, where can we find you? You can find me on uh, Twitter at Kurabaras, K-U-R-A-B-A-R-A-S, or on twitch.tv slash Kurabara. And uh, find me every week talk about Apex Legends on Dropping Spicy, over on Twitter at Dropping Spicy. And uh, also, to make note, shout out to uh, Labosco, just is playing Final Fantasy fourteen now from yes. our uh, Overwatch podcast. So I saw him join. I'm very excited. <laughs> uh, he's having a lot of fun. What about you, Nick? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at WookieBH. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network, not playing Final Fantasy fourteen because I am talking about World of Warcraft. So. Yeah, I'm I'm not quite at the point where I'm going to jump over, but I know a lot of people are. Um, yeah, so you can find me on WoW Talk, talking about news and guild management, and over on the Torn and the Goblin, talking about story and lore. Uh, join the Mash Those Buttons community at Discord at discord.me slash mashthosebuttons, and email us your thoughts. Let us know what you think of Cerberus. Uh, you know, did, did, maybe we were too hard on them. Maybe they're not as shady as we think. Maybe you, you want to try to defend them. Feel free. Email us at squad goals at mash.gg. And if you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it. If you can and visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support mash those buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to patron exclusive content. And you can also check out our humble bundle affiliate link, as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg slash support and stay tuned to hear about our other shows on the mash those buttons network for chip and Kura, i'm nick and i should go this is my favorite podcast on the network see you commander Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at Mash.gg slash Discord. 